The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. I'm Gerald McFadden, President of Volunteers of America Southwest, and I bring you greetings from San Diego, California. I'll be your host for the hour, and I'm delighted to have joining me later in the show, Reverend Terry Wayne Brooks, that will be participating, who is one of the um, ministers for the one of the larger churches in San Diego metropolitan area, and he'll be sharing some of his thoughts with regard to church leadership and changes facing churches today. Overall, our overall theme for today's show will be transformational leadership, which we are defining as a change-oriented leadership style that is centered on partnership vision building, which empowers others and results in inspired goal-setting, focused expectations, and higher-than-normal performance levels. The themes through which we will be focusing and the lens through which we will be looking at this leadership transformation issue will be focused on organizational development and the biggest issues change facing the church today. We invite each of you in our listening audience to join in on our conversation by entering uh, an email question that you can forward to us at drwhite at innovisions.org or by calling 1-866-472-5790. Before we get started with today's topic and going further into organizational development and issues facing organizations during this challenging time, I'd like to share with you just a little bit of information about myself and Volunteers of America. I'm President and CEO of Volunteers of America, a role that I have had the opportunity of holding uh, for the past 33 years. Um, Volunteers of America Southwest is located or headquartered in San Diego, California. The focus of our organization is centered on three basic lines of business, and they are the education and social development of young children, uh, behavioral health services focused on adults with mental uh, health and addiction challenges and aging services and their caregivers. Um, the focus of our organization is primarily as a government-funded organization with about 80% of our funding coming from 
organizational uh, funding, and the other 20% basically coming from business enterprises that the organization is engaged in. Uh, annually, we service about 13,000 individuals in San Diego County, Imperial County, Riverside, and uh, San Bernardino County, as well as the state of Arizona. So what I'd like to do is really spend a little bit of time focusing on organizations and basically some of the challenges facing them in the current environment. And I'll speak to that from the perspective of our organization and my colleagues that I've talked with over the past uh, several years. One of the key issues facing organizations, and that creates a great deal of challenge for organizations, falls in the area of mission drift. The second is in regards to working capital. And the third issue is focused on leadership transition. Uh, as a CEO of an organization, these are three areas of focus that really either allow an organization to move toward exemplary performance or to move and function in a mediocre vein. Um, the issue of mission drift is one of the issues that I find most often really gets organizations off track. Uh, mission drift is associated uh, most often with being clear on your sense of purpose and using your decision-making processes uh, associated with your, your mission in terms of what businesses not only am I in, how will those um, businesses tied directly to our, our core mission, what businesses do I get out of because they don't align with my mission, and then how do I do this effectively so that there is not disruption in local communities in which we have responsibility for servicing. The issue of purpose and mission is central within Volunteers of America, we have a very simple mission, a one-sentence mission, and it really guides both the board of directors, our leadership team, and our direct service staff in decision-making as it relates to uh, the services, the grants that we will go after and pursue, as well as those services in which the environment is shifted and which we no longer really need to occupy that space or should occupy that space because it's no longer consistent with our mission. Um, our mission as it is is to inspire hope by providing individuals and families we serve with the tools to improve their quality of life. The second area that I find to truly challenge organizations and create difficulty for organizations falls in the area of lack of adequate working capital. As a not-for-profit organization or a for-profit organization, working capital or cash is often key to being able to not only sustain the activities of the enterprise, but to invest in new areas of development in order to grow the enterprise. 
most not-for-profit organizations that I have uh, the privilege of providing either leadership for or working with in a capacity as a consultant have really struggled with this issue of working capital, particularly those that are heavily dependent on government funding. Uh, government, as we know, is a, a provider of safety net services and has never been intended to provide the, the full complement of funding necessary to vitally support services that clients and communities need. That brings into really question, how do you fund underfunded initiatives and how do you grow in spaces that you have as your strategic priority when you don't have the capital sufficient to be able to uh, pursue these initiatives. And so we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the issue of working capital and options for basically creating discretionary uh, revenue that can be used to effectively uh, build strategies for uh, growing organizations. The, the last or third area that we'll spend some time on will focus on leadership transition. Uh, what we're seeing more and more is that today is that uh, leaders that have traditionally set in seats for providing guidance for organizations more and more are reaching a point in their career where the time has come for them to either transition uh, that leadership role to uh, a next generation of leaders, um, or we find that within uh, today's environment, the mobility of many individuals um, are causing individuals to move from uh, tenured employees for caregiving reasons and, and others are having to leave organizational life early and creates, in many cases, a tremendous void for organizations in terms of being able to provide the quality and competency of leadership necessary to be able to drive forward in an organization. So these are some of the topics that we'll be focusing on, and my sincere hope is that as we go forward today that you will be able to call and uh, provide questions that you might have, and we can do a reasonably uh, good job at making sure we respond fully to your questions and also to your email opportunities that you uh, provide us with. So with that, we're going to uh, take a, a brief break. We're going to go to a short break. When we return, uh, I will be talking a little bit further in terms of the role of mission and creating a focused and sustainable organization and focusing on the qualities of a healthy organization. Thank you so much, and we'll be right back. Uh, we'll stay tuned to... Uh, leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, and Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. For women, the pressure to achieve is stronger, the work hours longer, and the struggle for respect and authority more complex than ever. You want guidance on how to succeed, and you are not alone. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series, Game Changing Women. Powerful women leaders will help you make sense of it all, analyze how you can change the game, and share their playbooks. Game Changing Women, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Gerald McFadden, your host, and I bring you greetings from Volunteers of America Southwest in San Diego. Uh, Prior to the break, I was sharing uh, thoughts in terms of three primary areas of organizational health and development and the importance of three particular elements. Uh, keeping a, an eye on mission drift, focusing on working capital, and really understanding and planning for leadership transition within organizations. Um, I'd like to revisit the issue of uh, mission drift. And from the perspective of mission drift, the importance of really being grounded in a, a solid mission really is um, based on the concept of a, a healthy organization. Uh, an organization that is focused on mission can then begin to build around really key elements in order to move the organization forward. Uh, mission focuses on purpose and then core values and principles that will guide the organization's behavior then follow behind that. Uh, Patrick uh, Lencioni uh, really captured in a very, I think, succinct way really elements of, of healthy organizations. And it focused on and speaks to the fact that healthy organizations are both smart, 
resilient, humble, and hungry. And these four elements really wind up being the way in which you look through the screen of your organization to see one, uh, are we on track with the purpose for which we were put in place as an organization, and two, are we behaving or functioning as a healthy organization? I thought it was very interesting uh, when I really delved deeper into this issue of healthy organization uh, and began to look at these four issues of humility, uh, the ability to be open and humble as it relates to input feedback in order to move organizations forward in growing their mission, smart making certain that basically we hire the best talent we can and then we develop that talent so that basically we have individuals that are able to kind of move the mission forward in an aggressive, flexible uh, manner and with integrity. Resilience in regards to being able to weather the various challenges and storms that organizations face in regards to both funding, public policy, social impact issues uh, that change and the direction of which an organization may be moving and having the ability to adapt quickly and flexibly to be able to respond to the new reality that has been created. And then hungry. Many organizations lose sight of the fact that hungry and staying hungry is an essential ingredient for growing the enterprise. And that is a bit different than just being competitive. Being competitive may be defining and defending that territory or that area of emphasis in which you operate that domain. Hungry has more to do with how do I continue to grow the mission or the purpose of this organization in a way that will allow us to be a greater servant to the community in which we, we operate. Uh, in which we operate. One of the things that I wanted to be able to do is to uh, have uh, our guest for today, which is Pastor uh, Terry Wayne Brooks, to talk a little bit, if he would, about how he, as, an, as a leader of a dynamic, growing, fast-paced church, is able to increase and uh, incorporate, basically, his role as a um, guiding the, the spiritual life of a church, and also being the business leader for the church, how does he balance these two functions and how does he then also do that in a way in which he creates a healthy organization? Pastor Brooks, if you would, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being here. And uh, uh, if you would, maybe what we could do is, before you answer that question, just have you share a little bit about yourself and uh, Bayview Baptist Church so that our listening audience can have a perspective on what you will bring to the conversation today. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for allowing me and affording me this opportunity. 
uh, to be on this radio show. Uh, it's not much to tell about me. I'm not the, the star of the story, so to speak. Uh, I was born uh, in Little Rock, raised in Gary, Indiana. My father has been a pastor my entire life. Uh, my mother uh, has worked in corporate America. She's worked for the Urban League, and then she uh, retired as the executive director of the Tree of Life Community Development Corporation here in Gary. Uh, so I've been in church my entire life. I've been in full-time ministry uh, since my junior year in college. And uh, I guess one of the things uh, that stands out is this is who I am. It's not just what I do. It's who I am. And I've always known that my calling was to to find a way uh, to make being a Christian, uh, to make being a pastor, to make being a preacher uh, part of my life without losing my humanity, so to speak. I know uh, oftentimes, and I, this is not a knock on any one person, but I've just seen it oftentimes, people who love God get so caught up in going to heaven, they forget they have to live on earth. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we try to separate the two as if we don't have to exist in the world, uh, as if we don't have to function in the world, as if we can't have input or influence on the world. But I believe the Bible uh, marries the two and just warns us that as we live in the world, not to become worldly, but whatever we do, do it in such a way that glorifies God. And so, and that's with anything, not just with being a leader, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, being a husband, being a father, whatever it is you may be. Uh, that's our task is to find the balance so that we can live life in such a way where we honor God, our families, and we give to the community in which we live. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Reverend Brooks, it, is, it has often been said that uh, the art of leading uh, leadership is both an inside and outside job. Uh, how do you approach leading yourself and leading others in order to build a and lead a healthy organization? Uh, one, one approach is this. I have to realize I don't know it all. There is no one person on the planet who knows it all. And in order to have a strong, or, you know, church, a strong organization, a strong membership, the one thing we have to do is uh, make sure we're on par with everything. And so the way to have a strong church is to have strong families. The way to have strong families is, that, is to build strong individuals. And so I make sure that when we teach anything we preach, especially as it comes to leadership, uh, I, I don't have the book. I didn't write the book. And so we enlist. One of the things we do is uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm mentored by Bill Hybels and the Global Leadership Summit, those who are active in the Global Leadership Summit that bring leadership principles uh, from across America and across the world, not just from churches, but from various business backgrounds or whatever backgrounds they may have. Because leadership is leadership. It may, you know, be leadership in church, leadership in your job, but we have to find people who don't just have a theory of leadership, but who are actually leading, who are actually doing what we're trying to do. And so I look for people who've already traveled the road I've traveled, whether it's somebody uh, from GE or whether it's somebody from Hewlett Packard or whether it's another pastor. Things I'm trying to accomplish, things you want people to do, because, you know, we have all the definitions for leadership. Leadership is influence. Leadership is this. Leadership is that. I just try to say leadership is getting the right people to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And so different people lead in different ways. I couldn't learn, really, 
from a leader who has uh, just a, a, maybe an authoritative style when they just sit back and give commands. I couldn't learn everything from a leader who leads from the ground level. And so I have to learn from different leaders at different styles because I believe different leadership styles can be employed at different times. And so I've had to learn from many different people uh, as to how I can lead when I can lead because the way I lead a family during the time of a bereavement would be different. Uh, to how we lead a congregation when there's a political issue or when there's an economic issue. So everything can't be done the same way. And so you have to realize, first of all, you don't have all the answers and then be willing to listen to those who may have some answers you're looking for. That, but fantastic. I want to come back to, in just a moment, the, the Global Leadership Summit that you just mentioned. But uh, you mentioned a couple of things in terms of uh, the, the collective work that it takes to, to, to really move uh, a, a healthy organization forward. In transformational leadership, we often talk about partnership vision building to achieve improved engagement inspirational goals and increased performance. I know that you, in taking over the leadership role as a senior pastor at uh, Bayview Baptist Church, had to create your vision or the vision or for, the, for the church going forward or to build that vision or build upon that vision going forward. How, how do you approach partnership vision building with your leadership team at Bayview Church? Well, first, the first thing I had to understand was where Bayview was already headed, where God, the trajectory that God had placed us on with Pastor Winters. And he and I connected as kindred spirits. And so I found out this, and this is what I didn't realize coming in. I thought that my job would just be to carry out the plans that he had laid forward. But the more I began to talk to him, I realized, and this was, I don't know if it was an error on my part, it was just my time to learn it, that plans and visions are not the same thing. He had plans, uh, and these plans were to accomplish an outcome. Didn't mean I had to use those same plans to accomplish the outcome. We just was always desired to get to that point. And so the vision could, has changed. Could, could I just ask huh? you just to pause for just a second, uh, Reverend Brooks, and we'll be revisiting that appointment, but we, we're going to need to take a, a short break. When we return with Pastor Brooks, we'll talk further about this uh, vision, partnership vision building uh, as we come forward. So please stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm uh, Gerald McFadden, your host, and I am bringing you greetings from Volunteers of America Southwest in San Diego. With us today at our, is our special guest, Reverend Terry Wayne Brooks, Senior Pastor of Bayview Baptist Church in San Diego. And, and before we uh, went to break, one of the topics that we were talking a bit about really focused on uh, partnership vision building. And we talked a little bit, Pastor, about, you know, how you approach building a, creating a partnership and creating a vision for Bayview with your leadership team. How, how do you approach that, that partnership building, building issue? Well, we approach it from our mission statement, which is, you know, we're here to reach the lost, teach the save, and serve as unto the Lord. So everything we do goes through those lenses. We have to look through the mission's lenses to make sure that we're seeing everything right. And, you know, and this is going to sound really preachy, but the venue actually determines the vision. And what I mean by that is we have to see the community that we serve and what the needs are what we can do to meet those needs, and that's how it, it, it forms. Because if, if I was in Beverly Hills, if Bayview sat in Beverly Hills, it would be a waste of time to do low-income housing. <laughs> it would be a waste of time to do certain things because that's just not the need in that community. And so we have to be uh, humble enough to realize we may have plans, but the community may not call for it. And we have to find out what the community needs and be willing to meet that need because we exist for the good of the community. My, when I'm gone off the scene, I want my legacy to be that people live a better quality of life because baby was there. Fantastic, fantastic. You know, one of the things that uh, I know that is, is really um, key today is, is really this whole issue of, of, of change. And what I uh, wanted to, to ask you, I mean, as you talk about community and, and shaping and responding to local community needs and, and building capacity, um, 
for for Bayview to have really been a difference-making church under your leadership. And looking at the church today uh, through your lens, uh, what do you see as the, the biggest issue, change, uh, facing churches today? Well, ironically, and this is not a wordplay, but the biggest issue is change, okay. whatever kind of change it is. Because for whatever reason, church is normally the place where people don't like change. Um, nobody drives the same car they drove in the 70s. If you do, it's because you see it as a classic, not because you want it to be that way. Nobody wears the same clothes. Nobody wears the same styles. When I was growing up, we didn't have remote controls. Now we do. Didn't have cell phones. Now we do. So we don't mind progress and change in certain places. We just don't like it really in church. And so for a church to move forward, some people feel threatened uh, because it's no longer what you should do. It doesn't come natural anymore, and we grab a hold. So changes, that's the big elephant in the room in most churches. We like it to stay where it is. But I always say it like this. You can't defeat a 2015 enemy with 1970 weapons. If we don't change, we die. Anything that doesn't change and grow, Well, if you had to identify two or three of the we'll call the, the biggest changes that you or challenges that you see uh, the church facing today. Uh, Bayview and through some of your, your, your minister colleagues, what would you say would be those two or three biggest issues or challenges or changes that churches are having to grapple with today? This will probably get me in trouble with the church crowd, but I'm going to say it anyway because you asked. Uh, segregation is a problem in churches. Because everywhere else in communities, we live together. But in church, when you go to church, it's either a black church or a white church or a Hispanic church or a Filipino church. We stay to ourselves. But the problem is we don't have communities like that in San Diego. In some cities, they may have, but we don't in San Diego. There is no, you know, all European community, all African-American community, all Hispanic community. We all live together. And if my church doesn't look like the community, then how can I say I'm serving the community? And so that's okay. the problem. So the demographic uh, changes that are affecting local communities, which are actually walking right into local churches, create uh, one of the, the biggest. How do you respond to really the differences of culture and language and, uh, uh, in some ways, teachings as it relates to this demographic shift that's walking into the church today? How are you at Bayview dealing with that? It's a give and take. First of all, uh, if I want to attract people like that, people are attracted to what they see. And so they have to see themselves. When I say, you know, culture, they have to see it. And when I say culture, I don't mean ethnicity. When I say culture, I don't mean ethnicity. Those are two different things. It's, well, in church world it is. Uh, we have, you know, the ethnicities that come, but there are cultural things. Like some people like traditional gospel that goes back to the days where, Blues was the popular music, and some traditional gospel has the same rhythms and chants and stuff as blues. And then we have the, the now the CCM, Christian Contemporary Music, and everybody's fighting over music, and everybody's fighting over clothes, and everybody's fighting over sermon deliveries. But we have to find a happy medium, uh, because if you invite me to dinner, you can't just cook what you want. If you invite me to dinner, there ought to be some things I like, too. 
And so that's the way it has to be in church. And so everybody has to feel welcome. Everybody has to feel a part. I can't preach over everybody's head to reach those who have doctorates, but I also can't, you know, preach down on a level, on the kindergarten level, as to bore people who are in second grade. And so it's a mixture of everything. It's a give and take. It's, you know, seeing those who are in the congregation, in the community, meeting them where they are, uh, keeping my ear to the ground, so to speak, so I can know what's going on in our community so we can reach everybody. And I believe we're doing, we're doing great with that at Bayview because our, our church is beginning to look more like our community, which means it's getting closer to looking like heaven, and that makes God smile. <laughs> that, that, that's great. I actually, when I thought in, in part of a dialogue, I heard you talk about even expanding services and making them more culturally specific as it relates to language and other things so that you create engaging environments for individuals. I, I, I thought you also, also mentioned that as one of the responses that basically deal with the demographic yeah. shift. Yeah, it has to be because, for one, and, you know, coming from the Midwest, uh, Chicago, Gary, Indiana area, I do not speak Spanish. Uh, you know, I can't do it. I, I have two languages, English and, and bad English. <laughs> and so that's all I can do. But I can't let that stop me from ministering to those in my community. And so that's what we have to do. We have to pull those in who can speak in different languages, become a team, because, like Rick Warren says, we're better together. I can only do so much, but if we have people speaking different languages, we can, you know, we can, we can conquer Southeast San Diego, San Diego, California, United States, and wherever else God opens doors. I hear doors. that. I hear that. What, what, other, what other big change do you see occurring in terms of the, the church today uh, or challenges that you see in front of the church? The demographic one is, is an issue. Well, is there another issue that you would say that's at the top of my list in terms of challenges or changes that the church is facing? Uh, one of the things will probably be uh, doing things that are more geared toward family-specific needs. For instance, uh, and we, we, we're, we're running into a space problem at Baby, which is a good problem to have. I'm expecting, you know, God to do great things. But, you know, having ministries directly for families with, you know, children with special needs would be one. Uh, for seniors would be another one. Because people have needs outside of church, and that's what, you know, we seem to have a problem understanding. I use this phrase all the time, that there's more to life than church, but there's not more to life than God. And what I mean by that is we spend more time living our life outside of church than we do inside those four walls. And so mm -hmm. I need to make the church a comfortable place where my life can continue as it has been if I'm going to be there. And it's, right now it's not conducive to families who have special needs children or autistic children. It's hard to get in. They don't have a special place. We don't have those trained to care for them. Mental health is a great issue. In, in our community now. And as the church, just because I'm called to preach doesn't mean I'm called to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And I can't, you know, act like I am. I don't have all the answers. I'm not trained uh, to deal with people who have those issues, and those are real issues. And I have to realize that and say, yes, I can, you know, use Greek and Hebrew to exegete a text, but I can't deal with those problems, and so I can't be intimidated to say that and then employ people who are trained to handle problems like that. So when people come to church, it can be a one-stop shop. It can actually serve the community. So what I heard you say in, in that, too, is that the church has to be a church outside the walls 
of the sanctuary to Absolutely. be responsive to the needs of local communities, and as then as those demographics change and they come in, basically being responsive once they come in. So not only is it that the church is being challenged by the demographic shift in terms of its new makeup, but also it's being challenged by the need to be more than uh, it has in the past to deal with some of the social issues that families and individuals are bringing to the church and in communities around the church. Is, is that a correct statement? That's absolutely correct. We have okay. to be more okay. than we have been. Okay. Hey, P- Pastor, one of the issues that we talked about in the earlier segment was this whole notion of passing the the torch between really uh, the the senior pastors uh, that have held positions for long periods of time or CEOs that have held positions for a long period of time and the need to prepare for the torch transition. Now, you have had the, 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 the good fortune, and I'll say good fortune because it appeared to me to be that way, that you assumed a leadership role uh, that followed behind a legendary leader that had actually pastored uh, in a senior pastor role for 40 years. Uh, when you look at this, that issue of following a legendary uh, leader, and passing that torch on, what do you see as some of the, the lessons learned that could be benefit other ministry leaders or CEOs of, of corporations in planning for the transition of leadership? Um, humility. For, for, for Pastor Winters to be as, as effective as he was and, you know, say I'm going to retire and step down and I'm going to train this young guy to take over and he didn't expect me to fail. He told me, in, you know, in private and in public, if I don't take Bayview further than he did, then I failed him, and I've actually failed God because, I, you know, I had to go further than he had already taken it. That took great humility and security in himself. And so one thing is, you know, we can't be afraid to see people move on and do better. Uh, I'm a football guy, and so I've learned this watching football. Most great coaches resign before they get fired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most but, CEOs, you know, what you're saying, need to intentionally plan to transition and prepare the talent that, to take over that leadership role. Absolutely. You know, everybody knows their, you know, when they hit their limit. You know when you've gone as far as you can go. Uh, you may not want to admit it and accept it, but you know when you've done that. And I think people should all have a succession plan. I mean, it just makes sense when you have a, su- a succession plan. And everybody should have one. You should, you should plan your exit and plan to bring somebody else on. If you really care about the organization, whether it be a church or a business, if you care about it, then you definitely don't want to see it die. Okay, if you could, Pastor, uh, we can just put a pause there for just a minute. We're going to going to take a short break. Uh, when okay. we return, uh, Pastor Brooks will be talking more about the leadership transition issue as well as looking at the church leader's role in dealing with social, political, uh, and ministry chaos that uh, the, the, the church is often confronted with. So if you will, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Uh, with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, and inspiring solutions. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm your host, Gerald McFadden, and I bring you greetings from Volunteers of America Southwest in San Diego, California. With us today is our special guest, Reverend Terry Wayne Brooks, Senior Pastor of Bayview Baptist Church in San Diego. And prior to break, we were talking about this issue of leadership transition and the importance of really proper preparation for the the transition. And you were sharing a little bit about your experience in terms of you being uh, a part of a transition after 40 years of leadership at Bayview. You want to pick up and and take that a little bit further forward, Pastor? Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, Doc set it up, and he wanted to see the church go on. And so whenever you want to see something live on and thrive, you make preparations for it. You, you know, you bring in somebody, you groom somebody. Uh, just like athletic teams, I, I'm a Michael Jordan fan, but if the Bulls wouldn't have played past Michael Jordan, they'd had to close up shop 15 years ago. Uh, we have, you know, just like athletes come on the scene and they go, look at the Lakers. They went from uh, the early days, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dan Magic, Dan Shaq, being Kobe, who knows who the next guy is going to be. But when you love something, you realize that, you know, people can't do it forever. And so you make, make preparations. And those preparations involve passing on everything you learned, you know, to enable the person who's coming after you to not make the same mistakes, but to progress at a rate that may be quicker than yours, uh, to rise to an altitude that may be higher than yours. 
and it's all about the good of the organization, the church, the company, whatever it may be, that has to be your goal. You have to come in knowing one day I'm going to leave. You can't come in and think I'm going to be there forever. And so the, the issue is proper preparation for leadership transition, and that would appear to be at every level of an organization, whether it is with the executive pastor or whether it is with church leaders or within uh, business enterprises, making sure that CFOs and COOs and senior managers and vice presidents are all properly prepared in order to step up. Uh, because you never know when your next, where your next leader is going to come from. Uh, sometimes inside of the organization from different um, areas than the previous leader had in, in that regard. So it's proper preparation of an entire system in order to Absolutely. make sure that it is healthy and prepared for a transition in leadership. Pastor, one of the, the issues that is... I was just going to proper. Significant concern today is, is, is really some of the chaos that is occurring both in communities uh, between citizens and police departments and uh, seeing uh, public policies being created that don't appear to have the well-being of citizens at the forefront, and then looking at some of the, the real mixed messages in the ministry that are occurring. Two, two issues I have. One is, you know, you know, how do you keep your ministry effective and relevant in a culture today that has so much going on? And secondly, what should the voice of the church leader be uh, in addressing these types of issues in today's society? Okay. Uh... We we have to stay true to, to God's word. We have to be on the side of right at all times. Situations like this are sticky um, because no matter some for some people, no matter how you look at it, one side is always going to be right. One side is always going to be wrong. Uh, whenever there is an injustice and everything, let me say this for clarity: everything we claim as an injustice is not uh, an injustice, but there are certain times when, you know, things and people have gotten it wrong. They made bad decisions. Uh, they made bad choices and they just been flat out wrong. Uh, and those are the times we have to stand up for what's right. We have to stand up as a church to be able to say uh, that this is, you know, the right thing to do. And that's why I believe as a pastor, uh, I speak sometimes on political topics, but I don't get too deep in politics because I want to be able to uh, be able to say to whoever's right, great job, and whoever's wrong, that you're wrong. Uh, we don't really look for government assistance and government handouts because I need to be able to stand in the face of anybody who's, who's doing anybody wrong. And like uh, we've heard it said, an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere. So regardless of race, creed, the color of their skin, if, if you're in the community I serve and you've been treated unjustly, it's my job to speak out. Now, a lot of people think I should only speak as a pastor on issues that are plaguing African-Americans, but the problem is I don't just lead African-Americans. 
I lead Hispanic Americans. I lead Filipino Americans. Uh, we, we deal with Native Americans and you name it, uh, European Americans, all, all in Bayview. And so my job is to stand up for injustice anywhere and everywhere. And the church has to be the voice of the voiceless, the face of the faceless. We have to be the presence of those who are overlooked, undervalued, marginalized. That's my job. My job is to stand in the gap. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see that more uh, today, more of our church leaders are, are kind of taking that position to be the voice of the voiceless, uh, the, 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 the voice that provides the, the, the energy for that, or, or has that somewhat kind of uh, moderated itself? Um, some people uh, actually do you know, stand in the gap. Some people, it seems like they're, when it's opportunistic, they, they, they come around and they speak up. But the problem is when you show yourself on the forefront when topics are hot and then disappear when the topic dies down, then, you, you know, you create problems for people because it only seems like you come out when there's an opportunity, whether that's your purpose or not. That's why we try our best to stay in the community and do more, um, preventive care, if that makes any sense. I don't, you know, I don't want to just do interventions. I like to do prevention. And if we can change uh, the education system in our communities, change the economic backgrounds, change the social structure of our communities, then a lot of these things will take care of itself. If we can talk to law enforcement and we can talk to those from the community and come down at the table and find out where is the problem, where is the disconnect, why are you afraid of me, and why are people afraid of those with badges and guns? If we can't talk these things out and get on the same page, you know, I believe it's the church's fault because we should be the one starting the conversation. We should be the mediators. We should be the one that's able to tie both sides together because, I mean, we're actually here to serve the community. Correct. You know, I think that a lot of times we don't realize uh, uh, that the, the one of the largest business enterprises, and we I say it as business enterprise, but largest enterprises that we have in the business the business sector or the social sector uh, is basically the the church, and right. we have more leadership opportunities to basically have an impact, and we have more leaders, basically, than often is thought about in regards to really having an impact in communities across the nation. Pastor, I, I, wanted, I really appreciate you really talking about the leadership role of the church and ministry in terms of having an impact in communities and the work to be done. One of the things that I see uh, a lot today really is really how do we make the, the message and the word and the teachings of, 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 of the church contemporary with some of the, the um, younger people that we have and some of the, the, the people that have not been involved in church. But how, how do we make it effective and relevant so that we can engage them in this large enterprise that we call, you know, church uh, in communities all across this nature? What do, what do you see that we need to do or may do, do more of or do, do differently? The main thing would be to make it relevant. You know, I try to preach and structure sermons and lessons in a way so that when people are walking out of church, they can immediately apply what they've heard and what they learned. 
the Bible we say is the living word. And if the Bible is the living word, then it has to speak to me where I live. It can't just be about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It has to be about me and my sons, me and my wife, me and my house, me on my job, me in my classroom, me on the trolley, me on the 805, whatever that may be. We have to make sure that the Bible speaks to us where we are, and that's our job as preachers and teachers, uh, to expose the Word in such a way that it fits into everyday lives. That's okay. the, the main thing. When people can see it makes sense, and when people can see, it, you know, I can use it today, then people are hungry to hear it. When I just Great. come in yeah, and, Pastor, and hear something have to about kind yesterday. Of close this off a little bit. I believe we're at the, okay. the end of our time, and, and I really want to really um, thank you, Pastor Brooks, for being with us today, and, and thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. Uh, please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, and Inspiring Solutions. And until next time, this is Gerald McFadden of Volunteers of America Southwest. And remember, great leadership really does matter. And again, thank you so much, Pastor Brooks, for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.